You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Nobody watches more tape than Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated. So we have done our best to be comprehensive. And like everybody else, we're looking for an angle of perspective. As you lean into your game day analysis, give me an area, give me a component that you think Philadelphia has a market advantage in. A defensive line, obviously, and that's been true of almost every game they've played this season. I think they match up very well to New England's offensive line. The interesting part is no one would refute that, and Bill Belichick knows that, and the Eagles know that, and the question then becomes, what do both sides do about it? Because New England's become this deeper drop-back vertical passing team the last year and a half, which is counter to what they've done in kind of the Julian Edelman years where it's east and west passing quick strikes, spread formations. I don't know if that deep drop-back approach is what you want to do with the D-line because when you go to those spread concepts, you remove the defensive line from the equation. The ball can be out before those guys can can arrive to the quarterback. Even the defensive ends, theoretically, if you left them unblocked against spread formations, the ball can still be out before they get there. Um, So it makes every sense for New England to spread out. And then the question then becomes, well, what does Philadelphia do to counter that? How do you make Brady hold the ball on designs where the ball is going to come out right away? And now we're talking about press coverage, physical underneath coverage. And that's really not the way Philadelphia has played this season, at least not on the perimeter. Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, those guys have been off coverage corners uh, in part because they play a lot of single high in Philly, one deep safety, not two deep safeties. So they're going to have to adjust something because if New England spreads out, which they've started doing more in the playoffs, you have to disrupt the timing of those wide receivers. The other thing they might want to consider is rushing three, dropping eight. And that's not something Philly's done all season. But remember in the 2015 AFC Championship, Denver hadn't done that all season. They had a great four-man rush. They did it, I think, 12 to 15 times that game. And that's the game where they hit Brady over 20 times. And they beat him. So we could someone's changing their nature in this game. And my guess is it's going to have to be Philadelphia because New England can easily change your nature and go back to those spread formations. They've done it already. They're great at it. The Eagles need to have an answer for that. Watching the Eagles play against Atlanta, Atlanta actually gave them that spread offense where they had five wide receiver sets yes. to try to run that defense thin because they like to bring the fifth guy sometimes, which means if you spread them thin, you bring the fifth guy, it may now be man-to-man coverage across the board when you think about a five wide receiver set and leaving the middle field wide open. What hadn't this defense seen by Coach Jim Schwartz? Because he stays on schedule with what he does better than most, and he seemed like he's seen everything yeah. that you can possibly see when it comes down to great talent, but most importantly, schemes offensively. Yeah, and that's a great point. They did that in Atlanta. And they, it was interesting. They did it with Devontae Freeman as the motion out yeah. guy. It's been Kevin Coleman all season, and I would love to ask them what was different in that game. Why wasn't Coleman the guy? Because if, if New England does it, it's going to be with James White as, as their guy. So they might even do it with James Devlin. He's not a receiver, but you get him in base, you move out. Right. Uh, to answer your question, Cordell, it's with Jim Schwartz, what his defense is, they're an execution defense. Pin your ears back, play fast, get up the field. I spoke with Jason Witt. I watched 
watched film with them yesterday uh, about how they defend tight ends there in Philadelphia. Cool. In the yeah, oh, it, really cool. He's terrific. He, we he did all the yesterday. talking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you know how he is. Um, and it, it, the point he emphasized was they they're wide nine, and we hear that all the time. Uh, wide nine, you're a pass rusher, but they they'll play wide nine in base situations, and, and just those defensive linemen get up the field. What Schwartz will do at times, and we're talking scheme and what he does. So he's a basic play fast, be, be simple, let's be better than them. He'll go cover zero blitz every now and then, and he'll do it on second down. He'll do it when you're backed up. Most teams do it in the red zone, not when the opponent's backed up near their goal line. He'll do it in different parts of the field. There's no pattern to it, at least none that, none that I can decipher. Uh, I asked some Eagles coaches this week off the record, what's the pattern? They're not even saying it off the record, so we'll have to wait till the combine to hear from them. Uh, it's. It, I would expect Schwartz to do some kind of different blitz early in the game to set that in the quarterback's mind. He's done that all season long. But for most of the game, they're going to be a 4-3 read and react defense. Chatting with Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated. Given how highly respected Jim Schwartz is, and so many people have mentioned him throughout our conversations this week, and he has head coaching experience and worked out in Detroit, are you surprised we did not hear his name connected to more openings in the last hiring cycle this offseason? Yes and no. Yes, and that he is an established head coach. And we call those guys retreads. But I think, it's a, I think it's a positive thing to have that past experience, even if it didn't go great. And it went all right in Detroit at times. I mean, they had some nice seasons there. So Jim Schwartz will be on the head coaching radars. The one thing about him, and I don't know him. I met him once, but he, he wouldn't remember. Is very quick. Is I don't know him personally. Uh, his demeanor, his personality rubs some people the wrong way. He's a little Intense polarizing. is the word we have heard. Okay, he's very intense. And uh, there are some who love that. His players love it. It's worked well for him. But keep in mind, players aren't the ones hiring the coaches. It's, it's front office executives. It's businessmen. It's owners. And that reputation will factor into some of their thinking. It's not going to factor into everyone's, but there are some people who probably flat out honestly just don't like Jim Schwartz, and, and that limits the opportunities at times. Yeah, and, and, and you think about John Gruden coming back into the game, and you, you had the opportunity to listen to uh, Rich Gannon and yeah. him say how Coach Gruden was a little too intense yeah. considering now that he's doing play-by-play color, being a color analyst. You know, he kind of said it too intense. Lincoln Kennedy, he said the same thing. It's kind of intense. Does that energy nowadays with the temperature of players that's coming out of college football and how social media has become a big part of it, does Jim Swartz actually get an opportunity to get on a team that can help him? Because maybe in New York, sure, because of the the, the community and how intense they are, it may help just a little bit. But yeah. I think a lot depends who your quarterback is. Right. Remember Rich Gannon? He starts screaming back at right. Gruden on the sideline. And I do remember. It, it looked bad, but it worked for those guys. That was how they communicated. They had a lot of success together. So it just d- depends on on the demeanor of guys. You know, Eli Manning's not a screamer backer. Of course and, not. And, and you know, George isn't going to be coaching them now, but we're just talking types of QBs and concepts there. And you brought up Gruden specifically. It'll be interesting to see, A, how is he different having been away from the game for nine years of course uh Derek Carr is from what I hear not someone that that Faith engages Faith. in uh, yes he's Faith not a, Faith, yeah. he's not a he's not going to raise his voice a whole lot and, mm-hmm. and it's a different type of discussion 
You know, the thing about I had a, I got to sit with Rob Gronkowski once and watch film for an hour or so. And I asked him about Tom Brady because he told me this story. He came into the NFL. Uh, he ran the wrong route in practice. Brady immediately gets on him screaming. You're not getting the ball till you do it right. He, he couldn't do it right. It was hard. And that was the nature of the practice. The legendary QB screaming at the rookie. And he said, you know, Tom's really not like that anymore. He's 40 now. He's almost 40. He was at the time. And uh, he, he said that was the late 20s, early 30s. Gruden's 10 years older than he is. And with most coaches, that's not a big deal. That's, they're all adults. But Gruden was so young with the Raiders, we forget how young he was. He's probably a different person at a different point in his life. And I know those guys at ESPN felt like he really mellowed personally with the pressure of the NFL off him. It'll be interesting to see how he is now, he, now that he's back in it. And he's got $100 million. That guaranteed. helps. That helps. That takes pressure off, I've heard. That, I think, would mellow anybody if you could just look at your <laughs> bank statement. Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let me get you back to some of the key components of what's coming up on Super Bowl Sunday. Beyond being fast, even I can come up with that assessment, mm-hmm. what dimension has Brandon Cooks brought to the New England offense? Great question. Uh, Brandon Cooks... The ability to be unfast is a big one in the NFL, to throttle down and change your direction. And I think the two best receivers in the NFL at at throttling down and then especially working back to the ball, which is what Cooks does. He's a perimeter-wide receiver. He does not go between the numbers very often. Uh, his his deep curl routes, his comeback concepts, his patterns, he is tremendous at that. And that's a big deal against teams that play cover three, where the cornerbacks are basically in a man-to-man out of zone on the outside. And they're playing outside technique. They're playing off coverage. Uh, Darby and Mills have both had issues with double moves at times. Does that make them play with a little more cushion? I think we'll see Cooks get some opportunities to, to catch 18-yard uh, comeback type of patterns. He did that a lot against Jacksonville. It's a better cover three defense in Philadelphia. He gave A.J. A. Bouye a lot of trouble. These corners are not as good as A.J. Bouye. When you look at this offense of Philadelphia, they've been able to somewhat switch it up, okay? It was a little different against yep. Atlanta, more back-oriented out of the backs, catching the ball there, uh, to all of a sudden going vertical in Minnesota's game. What do you think is up the sleeve of, of Frank Wright and also Doug Peterson when it comes down to playing against this defense in New England, which we know for sure they give you the short intermediate passes more than anything else? They, they do. I think if you want to go vertical, and we can discuss Will Philly, everybody wants to be vertical, but you know Nick Foles is not that kind of QB. He played out of this world and out of his world in the NFC Championship game. So the Eagles have to decide, and the Patriots also, do we believe that that's the Nick Foles we're getting, or is it the one we've seen all these other games that we're going to get? You probably go for the Nick Foles of all the other games. So he's not by nature a deep drop-back guy because he needs to have the ball out quickly and on rhythm. Um, if if they want to do that, they could theoretically do it because New England's a bend-but-don't-break defense. They don't blitz a lot. They change up their fronts and run defense, but they don't change up their pass rush concepts a whole lot. It's a good Eagles O-line. So Foles will have time, but you still have to decide, do we want him to have time? Because the more time you have, the less rhythm you have, and Foles' physical limitations become more prevalent when he gets late into the down. Andy, great information as always. Thanks so much for joining us again on the NFL on Tune. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.